0: Sometimes studying the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing. Grounded in Truth with Janet Dennison will help you learn to study, understand, and apply God's Word to your daily life. His Word is true. And guess what? It's for everyone. So thanks for joining us today as we dive into Scripture together.
1: to the Grounded in Truth summer series with me, Janet Dennison. Last week, we wrapped up our study on Ephesians and Paul's reminder to the church at Ephesus of the unfathomable gift from God we have in Christ Jesus and the blessings we receive by standing firm in our faith. This week, we are beginning an eight-week series on personal prayer, which is volume one of a three-volume series titled, Studies on Prayer. We'll release the other two volumes in late spring and early summer of 2023. This first series is devoted to our personal prayers. Why did God teach us to pray? The answer is simple, because God is our Father and He enjoys talking to His children. So what can make it difficult at times to talk to our Father and how can we develop a prayer life that draws us nearer to Him? These lessons are designed to guide our prayers and help them become the conversations the Lord wants to have with us each day so He can become that guiding voice for our journey through life. Let's dig into this week's lesson and explore what God wants to teach us about our personal prayers. Welcome to lesson three in our studies on prayer. I titled this one, Praying for Restoration. And the lesson is from Daniel chapter nine. Our journey to heaven is rarely a steady drive. Uh, We do tend to get off course sometimes. We do tend to take detours. Uh, Our lives can be impacted by consequences having to do with our choices. Sometimes the choices of others impact our lives. But our journey is a journey towards sanctification, which is the process of being made holy. It would be interesting, and I wondered, why didn't God just save our lives and take us to heaven? That's not what he chose to do. Our earthly lives have a purpose, and the purpose of this life will dramatically impact our eternal life. So the reason we live here on earth is because God wants us to live a life where we learn to be holy. In the Old Testament, he often said, I want you to be holy because I am holy. So our purpose in life is to learn what that means and to work at that sanctification process. Restoration can best be defined as God's forgiveness and is restoring us back to the path he had intended in our lives, back to a plan that he can use to redeem our lives for our sanctification. And so I used Daniel as my example. And I'm not sure why, because Daniel is one of the most perfect individuals you will ever find in scripture. That, oh, that all of us could live like Daniel lived. His story is fascinating. Early on, when the Babylonians came in, they took captive the key young people in order to bring them into their nation. They had an excellent way of taking a group of people and making them, integrating them into their culture. And the way they did this was they took the young, smart, strong, talented, and they took them into their circles to educate, to feed, to adapt to their culture. Daniel was one of those. So were his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know some of the stories from the Old Testament about Daniel. He and his friends chose to remain faithful even when taken captive and put in this position of being integrated into a foreign and pagan culture. They refused all that they needed to refuse. If something stood against their faith, they didn't go that direction. And Daniel lived one of the finest, most godly lives. So I wanted us to look today at a prayer Daniel prayed, because he was known for his faithful obedience to God's word and his will in his life, regardless of the circumstances. And the result was that the people that Daniel influenced came to know Daniel's God. Why should we pray for God to restore us to a place of influence or leadership? so that we can be like Daniel and lead others to know him. The book of Daniel is a prophetic book. It's located in the books of minor prophets. Uh, It's also an apocalyptic book, and there are many words that lead us to know he's talking about a time in the future that has not yet happened. That's why we call it an apocalyptic book, because in many ways it speaks of the last days, the last times of planet Earth. But during this book, we see Daniel always emphasizing the power of God to accomplish his will. And to fulfill his word to the people. The theme of the book of Daniel is really the ultimate outcome for God's people will be victory, that God will always make vis- victorious and save those who align their life with his purpose, his plan, his word. Chapter nine reveals Daniel's prayer for the Jewish nation, his people. He prayed that they would understand the sovereignty of God. I think when Daniel first arrived, I know he did, he would have noticed some of the people he was taken captive with, and he would have seen that they were being influenced by this foreign culture. And Daniel prayed that they would understand who God was and remain with Jehovah God being the sovereign God of their lives. He wanted God to be their God and he wanted God to be their hope for the future. And so the passage begins by saying in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent, Amid, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. These were foreign cultures known for their foreign worship of false gods like Baal. Darius is an uncertain man in history, but we do know that he was a king or a governor in the Babylonian empire over this region of Chaldea. It says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. This is a difficult passage to interpret, but I would sum it up this way. Daniel knew the words of the prophet Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah had preached to the Hebrew people saying, you must repent or God will bring judgment. You will be taken captive. Foreigners will own the land. And this had happened. And that's why Daniel was now captive in the Babylonian empire. And so he then, having been taken captive, went back to study and remember the words of the prophets and to learn from them. And he remembered that Jeremiah had said that a period of time would pass before they would go back to Jerusalem. And during this time, Jerusalem would be ruined, taken down. It's exactly what did happen. This land was desolated by these foreigners in three different ways. They destroyed not only the people, but all of those buildings that had been built to the glory of God. And a period of 70 years had been assigned. Jeremiah said, you'll be captive for 70 years. That's literally how long they were taken captive. It's probable that Daniel Was a young teenager, old enough to be noticed as wise, strong, intelligent, smart, influential. That's why he was taken captive. Add to that 70 years, and Daniel would have known that he would not return back to Jerusalem, either in his lifetime or until he was very, very, very old for this culture. Daniel says, Then, when I realized. What had happened in my life, that it was literally fulfillment of what Jeremiah had said would happen. Daniel says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. What those verses mean is Daniel goes to God, understanding. What happened to them as a people fulfilled exactly what the prophet Jeremiah had said would happen. To plea in prayer for mercy by fasting, by wearing sackcloth and ashes. Those were Jewish, I want to say, rituals, practices that exhibited the deepest levels of grief. Daniel is saying, When I prayed, I prayed at the Deepest levels of my grief. He said, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Daniel knows who God is. He knows God is a God of mercy. He knows God keeps His promises to those who are faithful, to love, to those who will love God. And so Daniel knows he's praying as one who has been faithful and he prays for restoration. He's going to ask God to restore what has been the belonging of the Israelites, restore the Hebrew people. But he does this by confessing in the beginning. Daniel says to God, we have sinned and done wrong. That's verse 5. Daniel knows they are where they are, held captive because of their sin. Jeremiah had told them. Daniel knew it was true. Daniel says, we've acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. That's verse 5 as well. Daniel knows that as a people, a people that God had promised to bless, They deserved their current situation because they had broken their end of the covenant. He said, we have not listened to your prophets, verse 6. He said, we know we are captive now because of our shame and your righteousness. Daniel knows that God had to hold up his end of the covenant because he is a righteous, just God. He had promised to bless, and he had. He had also promised that he would judge if they disobeyed his laws and commandments. And so he holds up that end of the promise as well. And again in verse 8, Daniel says, We have sinned against you. We have rebelled against God. Verse 9, we have not obeyed the voice of God by walking in his laws. That's verse 10. All Israel, all Israel, Has turned aside, refusing to obey the words to Moses that have been confirmed by our calamity. And then in verse 13, he says, We have lost God's favor. At no point does Daniel express anger to God, saying, Why have you done this? Even though there are moments when that's our honest words to God. Daniel knows that he is living the consequences of a nation that chose to turn away from what God wanted for them. He knows he's praying for a nation that needs to be restored to God. And so Daniel gives these requests of God for his nation and for himself. He says in verse 16, he says, turn away Your anger, turn your anger and your wrath away from Jerusalem, your holy hill. And he says to God, Listen to the prayer of your servant for your sake, O Lord. It seems as if Daniel is fearful that if God doesn't restore them, how will people know he is God? He's asking God for God's sake to restore Jerusalem. And to listen to the prayers of his servant for the sake of God's people. And then I love these next verses. Verse 18, he says, Oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we cannot present our pleas before you because of our righteousness but because of your great mercy. He says, oh God, listen to me. Hear my my prayer. See our situation. And then this is key. He says, we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness. At no point does Daniel say, we deserve you to hear us. We deserve your blessings. He says, Instead, may we have your blessing so that people will know of your great mercy for their sin. He says, "O oh Lord, hear, O oh Lord, forgive. This is always an important place to begin when we want God to restore our lives back to a close personal walk with him. The first thing we need to do is clean out of our lives those things that are between us and God, our sins. Daniel does this for his sake, for the sake of his people, for the sake of his nation. He says, O Lord, forgive. We know what we've done wrong. He says, O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Daniel wants God to restore his people, so that they can once again live for his glory. And God sends him, the angel Gabriel, as an answer to his prayers. Daniel receives this vision as he is praying. He says, he made me understand, speaking with me and saying. And the following are these words through the angel Gabriel from God to Daniel. The angel speaks, oh, Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. And I pause there. What Daniel wants is to be restored again to the Holy Land, for God to restore them to Jerusalem, restore them to the temple, which at this point still exists. Why? Why? Because the temple represents God's presence on earth. The temple represented that place they could go to, to be made righteous with God again, where they could give their sacrifices and could be pronounced clean again. But the angel Gabriel gives Daniel God's message. He says, I've now come to give you what? Insight? and understanding. We can never think that God hasn't answered our prayers because they're not the answers we asked for. Daniel wanted to be restored to Jerusalem. Instead, God gives Daniel insight and understanding into what is happening. At the beginning of your plea, the angel says, your plea for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you. You are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Daniel will be held captive for the full length of time that Jeremiah said he would be, but his answer to prayer is this. God will give him truth. Insight, understanding for God's people through this vision. These are the words, and I want you to hear them as hope, even though they're difficult to understand. And you can pick up eight commentaries and get eight interpretations of the following verses. But this is what Daniel did know God was going to answer Daniel's prayer at some point but he was going to answer it in a perfect, God-planned way. The vision. Seventy weeks are decreed for the people and the holy city to finish the transgression. There's a period of time. Now, Jeremiah said 70 years. This says 70 weeks. Literally, the way we probably should see it, is there will be in the number of 70, which is a perfect number, a certain number of a certain period of time. In other words, the 70 weeks doesn't represent maybe a literal amount of time. It's God's perfect amount of time. And that perfect amount of time has been decreed. They will be held captive for the amount of time that God decrees because of their transgression. Purpose. Is to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. God has a plan for Jerusalem. It will be to bring righteousness, a people of righteousness, It will be to once again make that city a holy place. He says, Know therefore, this is Gabriel speaking, know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there will be seven weeks. Don't let the word weeks bother you. There will be a perfect period of time between the going out of this word of vision to you and the time that there is an anointed one, a prince. We think of that prince as Jesus, who would enter Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in victory for the purpose of making a holy people. The rest of Gabriel's answer has produced, as I said, volumes of commentary. And you can read that. Truthfully, there is no certain answer as to the rest of the message of the angel Gabriel. But we do know this it emphasizes that God has a plan and it will come to pass. And that plan is to answer. Daniel's prayer in a perfect and eternal new way. God will restore people to himself. God will restore Jerusalem. God will restore worship. God will restore people to a place of salvation and knowledge of who he is. We pray for restoration in the same way Daniel did, with a repentant heart. But we need to be prepared also to accept the Lord's discipline in our lives. God's discipline makes us right with him again. It is to correct things in our lives that we might have misunderstood or sins that we may have allowed to enter our life. We pray for restoration, but we have to do so willing to accept that God's plan may include discipline, may include a time to bring us back to himself and make us once again holy. We pray for restoration so that God can once again be the king of our lives and that he can use us again to help others come to faith. Daniel's ultimate answer, the ultimate answer of Daniel's prayer was Jesus Christ. The new covenant would provide for the salvation of all people, not just the people Daniel was praying for. God had a greater plan. God's plan was to bring that prince, the anointed one, to Jerusalem and provide salvation for everyone who would place their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. The blood of Christ would cover every sin, not just the sins Daniel was praying would be covered, but every sin, past, present, and future, would be covered through God's plan of salvation. And the entire world, not just the Hebrew people, would be offered the forgiveness Daniel was praying for. Peter made a similar promise to the early Christians who had been forced out of their homes in Jerusalem. They needed restoration. They wanted to come back home, and most of them never did. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, Peter offered them this hope. He said, and after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We'll always want God's answers, but we may be surprised at what those answers are. Restoration doesn't always change the circumstances of our lives, but, and I love this quote and close with it, from Vance Hafner. He said, if you are a Christian, You are not a citizen of this world, trying to get to heaven. Instead, you are a citizen of heaven, making your way through this world. Sometimes God restores our lives here on earth. Sometimes he simply restores our journey to heaven. In the end, our goal isn't answers to our prayers for this life. Our goal is for God to answer our prayers for the sake of our eternal life. And if we keep that in mind, I think we'll recognize that God has restored us many times and will continue to do so. Let's remember Daniel's prayer. The next time we think we're a little off track or even a lot off track. And we need God to bring us back to Himself. See you next time.
0: Are you looking to connect with God every day? First 15, a division of Denison Ministries, exists to help you connect with God every single day of the week, understanding that growing closer to God is so much more than head knowledge. It's a relationship. That's why their daily email and app not only include a daily written devotional, but also moments of worship and guided prayer. But are you looking to connect with God wherever you are, whether that's at home, in the car, or on a walk? First 15 is excited to announce Songs for Prayer, Volume 2, a 10-song instrumental album created with the intention of helping you draw nearer to God regardless of where you may be. You can find it anywhere you listen to music. Just search First 15 Worship. We pray this album will lead to incredible moments with God over the coming months.